guys, I hit record. Welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit uh, podcast. Um, and uh, we were coming from a very echoey environment today. Uh, and joining me today is Julia Barron. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Thank you for having me. Yeah, was, this is a, a great opportunity to talk to. We are, we're going to be speaking to all the charities that are, are taking part with the, uh, the Shropshire Virtual Show. I think it's a great opportunity um, to raise awareness and tell people uh, if they're going to donate to this great cause, uh, what they're actually donating for. I think okay, so, yeah, yeah. I had a bit of context. Um, so so what, is a, um, what is it you guys do? Do you want to explain to people? Okay, it's a good <laughs> job I've got plenty of time. <laughs> um, okay, well, in a, in a nutshell, our role and aim is to improve the life uh, for people in Shropshire who are facing challenges, whether that's individually or as a community. Okay, and how long has Shropshire RCC been going for? Uh, well, we'll be celebrating 60 years this year. Well, we would have been wow. making more of a, a deal of it, obviously, because, yeah. you know, with COVID and everything. But yes, I, uh, the very first meeting of the RCC was um, 5th of November, 1960. Wow. it's amazing. That's really good because, you know, a lot of these things come and go and it's good to, to stand the test of time. Yeah. Yeah. And how, how, was, how was the world... Um, when it first started. I mean, obviously things were different then um, when it came to people that needed a bit more help. Um, they used to say the word blasé earlier. Blasé is probably the perfect word for it back in the 60s, I imagine. Well, I think... Um, I mean, I wasn't very old then, so... <laughs> uh, but basically, um, life for rural communities was changing anyway. Yeah. It was around the time that the beaching um, cuts came to railway lines. So one of the challenges that people had was how they were going to get to work, um, how they could access services. Um, and those two things are still the same today. The challenges are different, but the, the problems are the same. Um, a lot of things have changed. Obviously, um, you know, there's a lot more people working on the land in those days. Um, there was a lot... But the pace of life was slower because they didn't have uh, people didn't have their own cars, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, they didn't have the internet. They didn't have access to information. So our role in those early days was very much around helping organisations to set up so that people had access to services as local as possible. Yeah. Um, and the original development officer was very much about going into communities. Um, helping people to identify what the needs were and then set up an organisation. So some of the organisations that we set up, for example, uh, we set up um, Relate. Uh, it was the Marriage Guidance Council in those days. Um, and it was because if you wanted um, support with your relationship, you had to go to Birmingham, which, you know, is, yeah. is just ridiculous. And, of course, yeah. the harder it was to get to Birmingham, you know, the more it was going to be a problem. It's Birmingham as well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> joke but, no, it's... Yeah, things things are, are quicker now. I mean, I, I oh god, there's so much demand now, isn't there? You know, and everything is on. It's moved online. You pay your bills online. You watch your TV online. You everybody's chatting on Zoom online now. Everything is there, but not everybody has that ability, do they? No, know? and that is a challenge in itself. Yeah. So you've got an older population who perhaps are not so familiar with the technology there's yes. an awful lot of scare stories out there about if you go online you will be scammed you know all your money will be taken away yeah. so people are very nervous about um, some of those things like banking yeah. and shopping um, but also um, I mean I've come across a number of people who you wouldn't necessarily think were of an age that would reject that so much but they would say um I've managed all my life without this. Why have I got to do this? And there's, an, there's a resistance as well. There's a feeling that 
the big people like um, you know the BBC or the councils or the government are forcing people to go online when they don't want to because a lot of the services you can't access any other way yeah. so universal credit for example you can't yeah, exactly, claim universal exactly. credit I, mean, I work with young people that need to need to go and pay their bills and send CVs and everything is online but you know these are, these are kids that have got you know next to no money uh, so they can't put yeah. data on the phone and they can't do that so it's, 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 it's a nightmare and then um you know, utilities, you know, people that things that are really important as well. So, yeah. And also, if you want to get the best deal, so if you're buying insurance or something like that, you know, the, the best way to get a good deal is to go online and, and exactly, you yeah. know, and do a search. Mm. I mean, I've, I've bought car insurance and then the next year when my renewals come up, I've gone online and searched and got the same insurance with the same company for, a, you know, maybe £150 less. Exactly, yeah. And I think they... they, they they take advantage of that, don't they? Some people they will do. just let it run on, let it run on, and not even investigate it because obviously that they, 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 you know, getting, making some profits out of that. Otherwise, they won't be doing it. You know, it's crazy. I mean, that's one of the the, the challenges that I wanted to attack with the, with the biscuit was with what we're doing now is to uh, you know access a, a demographic of people that wouldn't necessarily be associated with podcasts and listening to things online because. I thought that what we're doing right now is is a powerful tool for people that can't get out and about and they can't uh, learn about what's going on around the town. Whereas we were at the, the flower show like last year or we were at uh, the driving festivals and doing my vlogs on, on, on People can see that. They can experience what's going on through this show and that's what I wanted to do. And we've been quite successful. Um, you know, when it, when it comes to like reaching people online, um, as, as you guys as a company, how have you been able to tackle that and encourage people to, to access things online? Like well, we've had some projects um, over the years where we've actually been able to help people to, to get the basic skills. So usually what happens is that um, a family member wants mum or dad to be able to communicate with the, the kids in particular or um, just with them, you know, if they, especially if they've moved a long way away. So they buy them an iPad for Christmas. And mum or dad is, is a bit nervous about it, doesn't like to admit that they can't actually use it. So we've had volunteers who've helped people to do the basics. So set up an email account. And we usually have tried to find something that they're particularly interested in to get them hooked in. So if it's, I don't know, researching family history or designing your garden yeah. or, you know, those kind of things. And once people get, once they get it, then, you know, sometimes you can't stop them. Yeah. Um, and of course, I think the whole, you know, the recent situation has meant that people have been much more um, willing and open minded because they want to talk to their grandchildren, they want to talk to their friends, you know, they've, they've got a WhatsApp messaging service with, with the village, and, yeah, you know, yeah. they need somebody to get their shopping for them. It so extends that's the way that to community. Do it. it really does. Ex- and we were speaking to, speaking of community, we were speaking to, uh, I was speaking to Jamie from um, uh, Shrewsbury Town in the community, mm-hmm. amazing uh, charity. And they were saying during the COVID-19, obviously the, the main lockdown at the beginning, they were giving out tablets to the old, you know, people that are taking part in their services because it is, it does extend the community and it makes things easier. So, and there's nothing better than seeing a, you know, a 70 year old dude playing uh, Angry Birds, you know, it's just <laughs> the best. It's just the best. But you know what? I mean, I like to sit there with my tablet uh, sometimes when the, the TV's mumbling in the background, just sit and read an article um, I, I get a lot of, of involved with a lot of international and local news, so I'm kind of constantly scanning for things, you know, looking, reading, and stuff. And my little boy loves his tablet too. Um, so yeah, that, that's one of the challenges that you guys faced. Um, what about the biggest challenge to everyone at the moment is the, is the lockdown? How was that for you guys as a company? 
a charity uh, sorry sorry my bad <laughs> my head is all over the place i'm very sorry challenge me absolutely challenge me on these things because i need to i need to wake up yeah as a charity how okay you guys, well, uh, well most of our work is around um trying to get people reconnected with their community and yes. i mean in a face-to-face way yeah. so um for example, I'll talk about one of the projects, which is um, people who've been diagnosed as needing a hearing aid, uh-huh. and they struggle with it. Um, they may struggle because um, they don't quite understand what um, they're being told, so they're not quite sure how to use it properly. They may struggle because they've got arthritic fingers, or they've, um, you know, their, their dexterity isn't as good as it should be. And, yes. and if you've been um, a bit delayed in getting a hearing aid you know you sort of get a hearing aid think it's going to change your life put it in doesn't work you think the damn thing you know it doesn't feel very comfortable and it's not working anyway so we have about 35 volunteers who go out and help people to get used to their hearing aid most of them are people who have a hearing disability themselves and uh, so what they do is explain how it works and how to keep it clean and how to change the batteries and they, they will visit that person maybe two or three times until they're comfortable with their hearing aid. So we see about 2,000 people a year just to do that. But, of course, the problem is that, you know, with those people are the vulnerable people, they're shielding. Shielding, yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and to begin with, we said, well, we aren't going to be able to continue to do this until the lockdown lifts. But we had some really desperate phone calls of people saying... Mm-hmm. You know, my mother or my, my wife, whatever, is in her early 90s. She, her hearing aid's not working. She can't communicate. You know, is there something that you can do? So uh, some of our volunteers were willing to go out to people's houses, go and collect the hearing aid, all, you know, perfectly safely, of course, in a bag and using hand sanitizer and gloves and things, and then take it to their car and sort out whatever the problem was and then take it back to the person. And I think that's so heartwarming because, you know, to be 12 weeks or maybe longer and not be able to hear anything is just dreadful, just dreadful. Um, But most of our work is, um, as I say, getting people out into the community. So we run social groups, we run exercise classes in village halls. Um, We have um, events where people can come along and find about things like diabetes and heart disease and a whole range of sort of uh, long-term health conditions. So we haven't been able to do any of that. Yes. So we've, um, we've moved online, really. So we've got um, a Wise and Well club started up where people can get a newsletter, oh, which um, you know, gives them some ideas about how they can stay mobile and motivated. Because the worst thing is, if people have been sat at home literally for weeks and weeks and weeks and haven't done anything, haven't walked anywhere, haven't done any exercise classes, then their mobility will be affected. Yeah. The muscles start yeah, to, to, to be affected. And then... You know, in the winter, if they go out, slip on the ice, break a hip, they're in the hospital. Mm. You know, it's it's a vicious circle, really. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, um, so that's one of the th- the other thing I suppose we've done is that um, because of our role of supporting other community groups and organisations, we've done a lot of work to support those groups that have sprung up to say, um, you know, can we help with your shopping? Can we help with your prescriptions? But you know, that needs to be coordinated. It's not great if some random stranger just tips up on your doorstep and oh says, i love yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'll get your shopping give me 50 quid and nobody's yeah, yeah. never seen them again yeah. so we've done a lot of work around helping um out with those kind of things um but some of our work we have had to just park for the moment because it's yeah just i not imagine possible. It's, what was the, the the first week or two like uh, trying to organize people on skype or zoom was that was that like 
It was horrendous. It was horrendous. Because we didn't really get much warning. So, you know, we had to say to staff, right, go home, you know, work from home. So we had to get them all set up with the equipment. And then I was trying to learn how to use Zoom and Microsoft Teams and... You know, it's, uh, there's, there's some very basic things that people need to do, like putting themselves on mute and, um, <laughs> I don't know, having their camera somewhere where they're not, you know, sort of you just see the top of their head or Underneath the bottom the chin. of their chin. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and, and actually, I was trying to do all of that stuff to keep up to speed with what was happening so I could advise my staff, so I could reassure people, so I could decide what we could do. Yes you know, whether we needed to furlough anybody, um, and just for my own peace of mind, really. Yes. So there was a lot of stuff that... And I, I mean, I had the most horrendous headaches for the first couple of days. Just, just staring at a screen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I imagine. And I, mean, I was talking about this uh, with Rachel yesterday from Dog Aid. Uh, I was talking about this new etiquette we've all had to learn when it comes to things like Zoom. You know, uh, like, you know, making sure you're muted. Because, like, somebody... I was part... I was doing, like, a marketing thing the other day, and somebody was doing their intro. You know, they spoke, this, uh, put, they put this thing together and they're talking through it very passionately and I'm like, <laughs> like coughing through it and I forgot my fingers on mute and it's just, it's just a nightmare, it really is. Um, but that's how we've had to do things. I mean, they like, kept the biscuit going for a bit. Um, are you guys going to move forward with the online thing? Or, or are, you, are you really looking forward to get back hands-on or face-to-face, like you said? Um, well, it's interesting. We had a meeting about that just last week because I think there are some things that we can do um, continue to do online which would be really effective so for for example one of the things that we do is we support the village halls around the county yeah, yeah. Um, and they there's lots of issues around village halls you know they have to be um, meeting the legal requirements for things like environmental health and food yeah. safety and um, licensing and music uh, licenses and now they've got a whole raft more of things around social distancing and you know cleaning and all that kind of thing so um but actually, because they're scattered throughout the whole of the county, trying to get those people together in a room to do a briefing session or a training session has always been challenging. So in the past, what we've done is we've said, well, we'll do something in North Shropshire and then we'll do something in Shrewsbury and then we'll do something in South Shropshire to make it accessible for people. We can continue to do that on Zoom and it's, they don't have to travel anywhere. They can come in for just an hour on the, the call or maybe two hours, um, find out what they need interact with other people on the call and that you know that's that's a brilliant way of of them getting the information um, being able to ask questions and really you know really benefiting from that Um, we do quite a lot of training as well for other organizations so in things like fundraising and health and safety and um, governance trusteeship that sort of thing again Normally what we do is, you know, we have to bring people in the room. We've got a training suite in our building, but it's limited to about 16 people. But and then during you know, social distancing, I guess that... Yeah, it'd be even less. Dwindles, so yeah. It'd be about six people, probably, that we could bring. Yeah. So we can continue to do some of those things online. What will be more challenging is the, you know, the, the social bit of getting people into a room to it's, talk it's to each other. It's heartbreaking. It really is heartbreaking because, yeah, it's something that... It's going to be very difficult for the foreseeable future, I imagine. Yes, and I think it's... Well, we're looking at sort of next May before we can really seriously think about getting things back to any kind of normality. I mean, are there certain things that you can... Say ping pong. <laughs> Imagine people playing ping. I was gonna say they're a meter apart, but that's quite a high intense game. Um, but have you had to like uh, you know really go to uh, brainstorming to think about how you can games you could play, um, you know things you can plan that are socially distanced? 
yes, we have, but they're not necessarily... Um, so, for example, one of the things that we do is we have um, a social group for people who look after somebody with dementia. Yes. Um, and quite a lot of that is around um, reminiscence work and um, singing is very popular. Singing's pretty much out, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, and, and people... You know, it's very difficult to engage with somebody when they're two metres away. It doesn't feel comfortable. You know, we're used to being quite close to people. Mm. So um, there are some things that we can do, but we, we need to really talk to our clients and say, you know, are you happy to come back? You know, because my sense is that quite a lot of them are terrified and actually don't want to come out until they feel it's really going to be safe. Yeah, I imagine so. I imagine so. I mean, as a charity, have you guys been affected financially? I, I mean, of course, people haven't been able to go out and take part in events that charities have been putting on, go to shops, uh, you know, the fundraisers. Has it really affected you guys badly? Not yet. Most of our funders have been really good about saying, because uh, we're, we're funded through a whole range of different things. We get some money from the council, we get money from DEFRA, we get money from the lottery. And they've all been very good about saying, um, we, we recognise it may not be the same yeah. thing that you agreed to do at the beginning of this contract or grant, um, but we, we want you to be doing something positive to help the community. And as long as it fits within that remit, then you know, we're happy about that. Obviously, we've lost out on some of the fundraising things. We were going to have um, a, fo- a Bollywood ball in June with um, Indian food and Indian music, and it was going to be all very lively. And um, we, we originally uh, postponed that to October, but we've now knocked that on the head, so yeah. we're not going to be able to do that. Um, and we have other little fundraising things throughout the year which we're not going to be able to do or have not been able to do. So we haven't seen the impact yet, but I think you know going forward it's going to be very much more challenging. And would you say, like, um, during this period where we've all had to, like, reach into that initiative box and just, be like, well, how can I solve these problems? You as a team, have you learned new skills during this that you're going to be able to use going forward? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, the whole online thing is, is, um, is a big thing for us, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But also thinking, as you say, creatively about how can we do things which are still going to engage people yeah. that are a bit different from what they thought they were going to do or what they signed up for. But, you know, it's going to be, you know, activity that they can enjoy and, and still feel connected to us as a charity and to the wider community. Yeah, it's really important, isn't it? To be, just to keep moving. I mean, you're saying, like, you know, if you're not exercising... Uh, then you can seize up and problems can happen and it's the same with the mind as well you've got to keep stimulated you've got to keep things happening and, and you know the people that are struggling to access your your your, um, your, your bits online um, have you had a bit of um, pullback with, with that sort of thing with some, with some of your clients have they been like I can't do it I can't I can't jump online you've had to really kind of like really push no, I wouldn't say that's been a big problem, but no. a lot of what we've done has been um, to, te- to telephone people. So we've had conversations ah, yeah, with people. Yeah, yeah, go back to old school. So telephone befriending yeah. in particular. And um, we know we've, we've asked people if they're willing for us to communicate with them by email. And so we've had some people come out and say, I haven't got an email account, I haven't got internet. And so we can, we can still communicate with them as long as we know. But sometimes... Um, people haven't given us their email address because they think we're going to bombard them. I, well, I don't mean that that we're going to bombard them, but you know they they keep it very limited so that they only get a few emails on it from people that they know. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but they've been a bit more willing to give us email addresses going forward. That's fantastic, and you know, um, 
we, we, we're obviously covering the charities that are taking part in the Shropshire Virtual Show, but there's a, this thing in common, like the, with Rachel from Dog Aid, they're doing the, their training online. You guys moving a lot of your activities online. And I guess it's going to be a re- reoccurring theme. Uh, you know, we're tackling a, a huge charity fundraising show, like we're full of amazing um, aspects and, and events and things. We're going to be there all day. We're going to be presenting the whole, the whole day. Um, it's, I'm really excited. Uh, but the thing in common is virtual, you know, people being online. This has helped you guys. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, one of the things that we asked was whether, because quite a lot of our group um, are hearing impaired, was whether it was possible to put subtitles on some of the um, events. And uh, that's, that's going to be possible. Not, not everything, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, things like the Mark has been demonstration, they're going to put subtitles on so people can engage with that, even if they can't yeah. hear. Yeah, I mean, I, I do a lot of live um, Facebook uh, like podcasts, and even Facebook, I think, does like subtitles now. It gets yeah. it wrong a lot of the time, so maybe when I'm talking about someone, I might accidentally offend someone. But that's not me. That's the subtitles. <laughs> that's all you can say. Uh, are you looking for? How are you guys taking part? Are you guys just going to enjoy the show? Um, uh, yeah, we're we're very much part of the. Um, the, the business committee and the PR committee. Nice, my, yeah. my marketing manager has been very involved with um, the PR side, uh, you know, getting press releases out and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been more involved on the sort of helping to get the sponsorship and sell business stands, that side of it, bringing the money in. But on the day, we'll just be enjoying it like everybody else. Um, we're, we're obviously promoting the competitions to try and get people to, to mm-hmm. put their entries in. Um, it's, not, it's nice though it's just to be like we're doing this thing we're doing it for you enjoy you know I think yeah. that's amazing uh, and what Anna and Scott and everybody else the, the team and Danny everybody's doing that uh, taking part in this I know there's a huge team of people mm. um, but you know hats off to them I fell in love with these guys and what they were doing from the moment I, I, I spoke to them because yeah we haven't had the flower show we haven't, we're not going to have Oktoberfest the kids festivals the, the, the food we're not having these things so, I mean, I'm encouraging people to make a big day out of this thing. You know, the, the weather looks like I mean, it's going to be nice. Get out in the garden, wheel the TV out, you know, buy in some nice food, get in some nice drinks, get the family around that are part of your bubble, of course, and enjoy it. Well, it happens to be the day after my birthday. So Yay. I'm planning to do exactly that. We're going to have a bit of a late birthday party in the garden and, and have some friends around and watch nice. some of the stuff online. So. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, uh, my... Uh, it's, it's just one of those things we like with Glastonbury or V Festival was always the one where we would um, you know get some nice food in everybody would sit around and enjoy the music and have some fun you know it was, but we haven't had that so you know this is your opportunity Shropshire you know if you're listening to this I mean this is going to be available all around the world as well so yeah. I know we've got listeners in America and Australia and uh, Russia strangely but hey thanks for listening um, <laughs> if, if you want to know what's going on in Shropshire I mean you know I've been sharing a lot of these vlogs lately about uh, what's going on around you know touristy uh, in, in, in Shropshire this is what we do. This is what you're going to get an example of what Shrewsbury, how Shrewsbury can um, put on a party. So it's going to be really good. Um, so yeah, what's going on for going forward then? Uh, say we come out of lockdown now. What's the future for you guys? Um, have you guys got a plan for if we come out of lockdown and if things ease up a bit? Well, we would want to continue to do the work that we do. Actually, there's another project I haven't even told you about. Oh, yeah, please tell me, please tell me. <laughs> um, that's our Wheels to Work project, which is um, oh. one of the big challenges for people um, it, is that they can't get to work because there isn't public transport. So if you're a young person, it's your first job or, you know, maybe not your first job, but, you know, you're, you've got a job, let's say, in um, care work or retail or something like that, and you live in a rural village, 
Getting to work is a real challenge because public transport is, you know, doesn't run very frequently. Yeah. It may be non-existent. And as a young person in your you know, early career, you're going to get the worst shift. So if you work in one of the supermarkets and they want people to work on um, a Sunday or they work in the evenings, they're, they're going to go for the people who haven't got families and, you know, the usual thing, really. Um, and so what we do is we offer people the use of um, a moped or an electric bike for up to six months um, and that helps them to get to work, nice. to earn some money, to save, to build up a bit of a track record if they wanted to get a loan to buy a, a bike or an electric bike, um, a moped or an electric bike. Um, and it means that they've also got the option then of perhaps getting a second job. So, you know, they might work in a supermarket during the day and then get a job in a bar in the evening. Um, so that helps them to, to build things up and they can, you know, obviously they get a, be a bit more independent. Um, and so it's a way of um, building people's confidence and skills, track record, building their financial security. Um, and then they give it back and then we, we give it to somebody, we give it to them, they, they loan them. Um, so during the lockdown, we've had... Um, we haven't been able to use mopeds because the, the company that we use to service them to make sure that they're all you yeah. know, tickety boo, um, they've not been open. So we've had um, key workers who've needed transport, so we've been using electric bikes. That so um, And as long as they're not having to travel vast distances, an electric bike is fine. And of course, there's a big push now because of the, um, the latest government obesity strategy to get people out on yeah, bikes. Yeah, yeah. So we see ourselves as having a role in that whole agenda, you know, encouraging people to cycle and putting in place some of the infrastructure that people need because, you know, people don't necessarily have the confidence. If they haven't ridden a bike for 20 years, you know, there's not necessarily the opportunity to... to you, you don't want to go and spend a lot of money on a bike and then find you don't like it. So um, there's some opportunities there. Um, our, our work generally is about helping communities to help themselves because we can't do everything ourselves. So there's a lot of work rebuilding communities after COVID, um, building those connections, helping some of those fledgling groups that have set up during the crisis to get more established, um, to, to be you know, a really strong network of community support within the, within the county. Um, so helping them with things like um, constitutions and um, bank accounts so that they can apply for grants, um, training so that they're on top of some of the issues. We've had, I've been doing a survey just recently about some of those groups to ask, you know, what have been the challenges that you've faced? And one of the challenges is managing the volunteers because, you know, people come forward and if they, they want to give their time and their energy and their effort... Um, but they may not be right for some reason. You know, they might be yeah, a bit yeah. overwhelmed. It's hard to, I guess it's hard to say thanks, but no thanks. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But there are tools that you can use to do that. So we'll be offering some training in that. Um, just, you know, it's, it's a, there's a whole range of things. We were looking at getting, well, still I'm looking at getting constitution, uh, or, you know, as some sort of public entity or something, because um, we, we have had uh, people looking for work experience that have been wanting to get involved with the radio or you know, what we're doing. And we've had young people put their names forward and like, we can't, we're not insured. We yeah. can't do that. So I'm really sorry. But at the same time, I want to apply for grants and things and, and you know, and become uh, a more... Um, 
a more legitimate sort of thing because at the moment this is just a hobby <laughs> you know but we do a great job so that's why we're getting a lot of the respect that we're getting you know because we put a lot of hard work into it and you know uh, people like yourselves that like, can kind of teach people how to how to go through that is uh, really important and the wheels to work scheme i really really like that because you know i've been driving three years i started i learned to drive when i was 30 and it just opened up my world yeah absolutely opened up my world. i said to young people all the time i was like you have no idea how great it is to be like oh i, work, I, got, I can apply for a job in Oswald street yeah. Or I can, you know, in Telford or, you know, you can drive like 30 miles to work. It's fine, you know, or you can go see your friends. It really does just open your world and uh, gives you a lot more independence. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Um, are you guys going to be at the event at the Cavalier Centre? I know we're going to be there. I Well, I won't be because I'm having a party in my back garden. You're having a party <laughs> in your back garden, yeah. yeah. yeah um, so. Possibly because they, they need I think, about 15 volunteers to steward it and marshal and all the rest of it. So um, I'm hoping some of our staff or volunteers will come forward and, and be willing to do that. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to go, but uh, you know, I can't do everything. Well, you can be there. You can be there just by yeah, going yeah. onto the website, yes, which absolutely. is uh, virtualshow.com. Go on the website and check, check, it, check it out and... Uh, Put that date in the diary. Um, and so everything's going to be run by that website. It's not going to be on Facebook or anything like that. It's going to be run through that website. So it's going to be, we're going to be going backwards, but forwards in a way, because we're going to be using that website to access everything. Um, it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. I'm really enjoy- looking forward to it. Um, we're going to be there in a big way. Um, and biscuit. a lot of new content as it's happening, <clears throat> which is really All unique important. stuff as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah and they're still, they're still bringing up new things, you know. They're saying they've got new, you know, Mark has been, I'm going to, I need to try and get... There's so many people I need to speak to. The Dirty Rockin' Scoundrels are going to be there, and they did the uh, the Shropshire Drive-In Festival, um, the first one they did, and they did this show to cars, and instead of people applauding them, they were beeping their horns and flashing their lights. It's oh, just right, a strange, okay. a strange <laughs> scenario, and now they're going to be doing a virtual show where I'm probably going to be on stage going, it's the Dirty Rockin' Scoundrels, and there's not going to be anybody clapping. There's going to be no energy to feed off it. I just want to speak to them and find out how it's going to be for them. Um, but yeah, there's... Um, there's so much going on at the moment virtual I mean virtual flower show this is going to be the way it's going to be for now it's terrible but a lot of your people a lot of the the clients and the people around your charity will be able to access it are you guys encouraging people to teach people how to we're we're promoting it as hard as we can and and saying to you and and in particular things like um, the competitions because you know, people have been stuck at home, and if they've been writing yeah, poetry yeah. or painting or taking photographs, you know, so get it, get your entry into the competition. Do your open garden video. Shropshire's got talent. I mean, there's. I mean, I remember when I was about, <laughs> I was about eleven. There was like this. I was at this uh, party. Uh, it was like a day long thing. I don't know what kind of what it was, and there was a charity, like um, like a talent contest, and I spent the whole day batting a, a ping pong ball on a, on a paddle and I thought this was an amazing so I entered myself into the talent competition and just stood on the stage <laughs> sorry that's really just a crazy memory that just popped into my head um, how can people help you I mean I know you say you get a lot of funding from the lottery and things like that but how can people help you uh, that listen to this show well we would always be very glad of any public donations some of our work Wheels to Work for example doesn't get any um, statutory funding or I mean that's, that is funded through public donations um, and grants if we can get them. Um, volunteering, if people would like to volunteer. Um, we, we have about 150 volunteers attached to our charity doing a whole range of things. What kind of things? Um, you know? Well, I talked about the hearing loss yes, uh, yes. thing earlier. Um, another scheme that we have is where people go into care homes as an advocate for somebody who doesn't have somebody to 
advocate for them. So it's a bit of a befriending scheme, um, but it's also to make sure that, you know, if they've got any any issues or... Um, I mean, I'll give you a silly example, really. Um, there was a lady who... Um, she had a lamp, a table lamp, that she took from her home into the care home. And the care staff um, decided that it wasn't safe because it hadn't been pat-tested and it was quite big and it was in the way. So they moved it out of the way so she couldn't see it anymore. Um, and she was upset about it, but she didn't feel that she could say anything to the staff. So um, when her advocate went in and, and said, you know, how's things, she said, well, I really miss my lamp. And so they were able to sort that out for her. It's the silly little things like that which a volunteer yeah, can make complex, a huge yeah. difference. Um, we have um, an oil buying scheme. Um, yeah, what is that? I see that on the website, yeah. I know, so many stuff, yeah, so much do, stuff, you, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things that we try and do is to tackle fuel poverty because um, people who live in rural Shropshire in particular, if they're off gas, they're either using uh, liquid petroleum gas, um, which comes in a big tank, Mm -hmm. or heating oil. Um, And heating oil is a very volatile product. The cost goes up and down literally on a daily basis. Um, and so one of the things that we've, we've seen over the years, and this applies to a whole lot of things, is people are very loyal to a supplier that they've used for a long time. So if they've always used a particular oil supplier, they just say, can you come fill my tank up? What we do is we say to people, um, if you tell us what oil you need, we will collate all those orders together on a particular day in the month and we will shop around for you. So we will go to an oil supplier and say, we've got 100,000 litres of oil um, that we can sell for you, well, not sell for you, but you know, that we are wanting to buy on Fine, behalf yeah. of our customers. Um, and what's the best price? And we, we talk to different suppliers and we'll get them to give us the best price. And the price can vary by as much as, I don't know, 10 or 15 pence a litre. Um, And so when people join our scheme, they know that they're going to get the best possible price that we can get for them on the day for heating oil. And typically they would save about four pence a litre on what they would be able to get individually. Because if you're going to an oil supplier and asking for 500 litres or 1,000 litres, you haven't got anything like the same bargaining power. So from uh, from the oil company's point of view, they know that if they're delivering to a whole village they've just got one drop off so the, the tanker comes they they, okay. they drop off uh, the whole village um, so everybody benefits and then you haven't got you know tankers coming you know every other day or whatever so it's um, really interesting that is yeah. it is it's a really good scheme we've got about 750 members but around 45 coordinators in the village level so um, they will, they'll help people to check how much oil they've got in their tank, they'll take the orders and they collate them up and they send an order in from a particular village. So, I don't know, pick a village, um, uh, Loppington, let's say. So the Loppington coordinator will collate all the orders and say, Loppington Village needs 35,000 litres. And, and obviously gives us all the addresses so we know where to deliver to. Um, so that's another volunteer role which is, um, is quite helpful for us. And then other volunteer roles around things like um, if we have a fundraising event, you know, we need people to come along and hold buckets and perhaps get involved with the actual organisation of the event. Um, we have a, a Christmas card stall at the St Mary's Church where we sell Christmas cards and we need volunteers for that. Um, if people are interested in volunteering and come and talk to us, we'll find a role for them. Let's put it that way. 
Yeah, absolutely. Go to uh, ShropshireRCC. Um, it's .org.uk. Uh, but if you put it in Google, it'll come up, you know. Uh, so just Google it. Just give it a Google. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. I mean, like, uh, you've been fantastic. You've taught me about things that, you know, um, what you guys do, especially the, the oil scheme, is just fantastic. I've never really thought about that before, you know. So thank you for coming in. You're um, very welcome. Uh, have you got any messages for, for people that are part of your team or part of, you know, your clientele? Have you got any messages for them? Oh, I wasn't expecting that question. <laughs> oh, well, all I can say is that, um, you know, COVID-19 has been devastating for people, um, but I think Shropshire as a county has really stepped up in terms of looking after the vulnerable people and um, making sure that people are, you know, coping with the crisis. And, and my team have been amazing. They really have. They've been absolutely fantastic. So thank you, team. <laughs> thank you, team. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on the Shrewsbury Biscuit. Um, and listeners, thank you very much for listening to this episode too. Um, uh, we've been recording this today from the Parade Shopping Centre. There's lots of changes going on out here. You definitely need to come and have a look around. Lots of new units open, new people moving in. Um, uh, come and have a walk around. Uh, things are changing every day. Um, thank you for the guys at the parade for letting us uh, play in your sandbox that's what I always say um, <laughs> uh, make sure you check out our website which is uh, uk. you can access us, access all of our audio and you can get in contact with us from that website too that's lovingly made for us by our friends at Web Orchard thank you very much again for joining me on the show it's been really uh, great talk, talking to you and uh, we will be we will be covering the, the Shropshire virtual show make sure you check out their website there's lots going on there five great charities that need your help um, and in return you're going to get a whole day of entertainment uh, accessible online it's going to be fantastic so thank you very much for joining me and we'll catch you guys next time peace out thank you <laughs>